Bang bedele 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 oh ay. Bang bedele 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 oh ay. Good Bad Gang, you have LD and shows in the house. What are going So in this episode, we're going to talk about something everyone knows. Some people know it as weed, some people know it as ganja, some people know it as marijuana, some people know it as ego. As my dad would call it, Morocco. Whatever it is that you call it, that's our topic for today. Hands up if you've ever smoked weed. I raised my hand up. <gasps> anyway, so I remember like this week, or was it? Yeah, it was definitely this week. Um, there was an article that said that the reason why Rihanna became so thick is because she's giving up smoking weed. Someone should have told me that weed makes you skinny. I'd have been smoking that shit like a long time, especially seeing as I'm trying to shed some weight at the moment. But um, it's kind of funny. When I was younger, um, I knew it as Igbo. I didn't even know like weed. Like I didn't know I didn't know it as weed till I went to England. And I remember, like, everyone made it seem like it was... Let me not say everyone made it seem, before it seems like I'm supporting drugs here. But my understanding of it was that if you in as much as sniffed it, not even smoked it, like, if you came near it and you just saw it, you know, your life would turn upside down. You talking about talking Irie? Yeah, I I don't know what that was, but, um... Talking about the guns, the weed? So, yeah, you know, we kind of just thought that, um you would die from it literally and then i kind of moved to um london my parents sent me there to school mm. and it's um i remember like the first time i smelled weed i didn't know it was weed i just knew that there was like a funny smell in the air and i kept asking around like and everyone's like yeah do you want some and i'm like no because when i first got to uni you know i hadn't like hit up my friends that I knew from like Nigeria so most of my friends then during my A-levels were like literally the girl that walked out of my flat of her room when my dad dropped so my dad dropped me off in school and one girl was coming out of her flat she's Ghanaian and that was my friend so for like my first year in, in London I was running around with like other Africans I didn't have like a single Nigerian friend so we used to go out partying together and all that and because these girls kind of felt like they owed it to my father to take care of me because they were there when he dropped me off um i didn't do anything like so we'd go clubbing and they'd be like do you want something to drink and they'd be like yeah even if we're gonna give you something to drink it's gonna be something like so it was kind of like a baby um then you you met the good people first yeah i met the good and then nigerian people are but i don't know nigerian japan to send you to school people would turn something else but i guess like funny enough everybody probably had this experience because like london is like one big pot of soup there are people from like different ethnicities and it's kind of funny because among my kieras among my good people was actually a jamaican girl and she was actually one of my favorites because she was just so bubbly and she was just about her shit. And if anything, she used to smoke weed around me, but she'd be like, you can't smoke this, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, we don't want daddy coming to come and cut off our heads and everything. So, um, 
I met the Nigerians, but still, I didn't start smoking weed. So I was all about that going out and, you know, the regular shit. But, um, yeah. So I think the, the funny, I think the funniest thing is that the first time I smoked weed was with one of my closest friends, twin. Shit, I hope she's not listening. But anyway, she, they wrote, no, 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 actually, that's not true. Actually, let's backtrack. I was in my second year of uni. And there's this guy that I kind of used to roll with, um, and he used to smoke weed. So I learned how to roll a blunt. I wasn't smoking it, but I knew how to roll a blunt. I knew how to like do everything. It was, it was, it was a trip. Like, cause I would watch him roll it up and everything. So I'd help him roll it up and I'd light it. So that was my second year in uni. But the first time I smoked weed, I feel like I, I went through my London phase as a good girl. Then. The moment I got into my third year and my final year, my life just turned upside down. Not turned upside down like I dropped out of school. I still left school with good grades, but that was when I like started getting into everything. So the first time I smoked weed was with my friend. And I'll be honest and say I've never gotten high because I'm kind of like the puff puff pass kind of chick. So, you know, I've never smoked like a whole blunt or whatever. But then when I found out that this weed was the Igbo that everybody had been shouting about in Nigeria, I'm like shit really like so what's the big deal but then i realized it was so common like everyone was smoking it wasn't it it wasn't that big of a deal people knew dealers people knew where to get it from you know and fun fact my dad's birthday is actually weed day 420 yeah 420 my dad is 420 so (laughs) the irony of it all oh yes but then i realized it was kind of just very it was very popular it wasn't as it wasn't as hidden as it was when I was in Nigeria. Maybe I wasn't old enough to have been around the people who were smoking weed. It also didn't seem like such a big deal. Like, I mean, I don't smoke weed regularly before everyone who's listening is like putting on their judgmental hat and everything. People that are smoking and they offer me, um, I probably will. And I think it's kind of ironic because I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't love the irony there because like i don't smoke cigarettes and i can't i've probably gone like two three years without smoking weed but like if someone is like oh would you like a puff or something i'd probably be like yeah so it kind of makes me wonder like and i'm not saying people don't go crazy off weed there are people who are legit dependent on weed maybe people who are trying to lose weight and are finding it difficult because like when this rihanna thing happened i thought is that how rihanna keeps herself like skinny Funny enough, the experience was reversed for me, right? When I was in Nigeria, I don't think I actually saw anybody smoking weed or person I actually saw trying to do any of that stuff was when I was in secondary school and my friends actually like got dried up um, purple leaves and kind of rolled it in school with regular A4 paper I was trying to smoke that stuff. I don't know what that did for him. So that's like my only experience. Apart from that, I didn't really see anybody or... Yeah, I didn't really see anybody smoke weed, although I, I knew what the smell was and, you know. But you know one thing I've realized? The weed you get in Nigeria is more lethal than the one in London. Yeah, I wonder that. Because when I smelled the one in Nigeria, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, are you trying to kill yourself? Maybe that's why Nigerians are very don't smoke weed, don't smoke weed. But it seems like it's more um, acceptable now. I don't know if acceptable is the word, but a lot more people seem, a lot of people seem more comfortable. Yeah, what I was like trying, smoking weed. What I was trying to say before, before I got my words all 
jumbled up before. Because actually, when I was in the US, I actually didn't see anybody smoke weed or offer weed for me to smoke or anything like anything like that. Unlike in Nigeria, where nowadays anyway, among that is kind of event gathering, or if you go to the beach or somewhere, it's, it's very simple for somebody to offer you uh, a joint or something to smoke. I guess maybe I was just scoring in the US and never just hung around. Obviously, no people are smoking without there, but I guess I just wasn't in the circle where anybody I knew smoked weed around me or offered me to smoke with me weed to smoke or whatever it is. It's more of actually in Lagos where I'm actually seeing more people like just smoking the joint freely and asking you for a joint. If you go to a club or whatever it is, there are people out there you know, asking you, do you want skunk or SKC or whatever they call or whatever they, whatever they call it. Growing up, weed was like the the thing that would kill your life. Like I said, my, my father was like Morocco. So his own was like, man, they'll smoke that Morocco and they'll go crazy. And the whole idea is even like arm robbers, what they do before they rob is that they go somewhere and they smoke Morocco and that's when they come and when, when they're on that Morocco, that's when they come and they rob and they kill and rape or whatever it is. So weed was like a no-no drug that made you go crazy so either i am not um i haven't smoking weed well or um i've never gotten high off weed i've never gotten crazy off weed in fact i'm more likely to get high off drinking than weed so for me it still boggles the mind that people used to say that um people go crazy after smoking weed because even when like my friends would get high off weed the high is more of a lazy dry kind of you know they don't even have the energy to be jumping up and down or going to go and rob people or whatever it's more of that puff puff pass listen to feel good music you know just lie there and eat let's go out nah man you know i'm just doing this or whatever but i came to the realization that for all these armed robbers or all these kidnappers or whatever they're not just smoking weed the weed is actually laced with other stuff so it's like a concussion of you know different shit because i've genuinely i think i've been around enough people who smoke weed or like i said maybe they're not smoking the weed well maybe there's a special way that you should smoke weed or something but I, no one literally has that energy because you're just very calm and very hazy i mean it's why you see like all them bob marley it, it pretty much is a bob marley vibe that's very feel goody you know voice that he has that whole um relax you know the world is okay that is exactly what weed does so i i really don't get how people say like people lose their minds it might maybe if you smoke it every day it burns your brain or something i don't know but um i don't even have a problem with people that smoke weed i think i have a or maybe this is hypocritical People who smoke weed every day, every minute, every second. Why? To, to me, I think like, I walk past some people and I can smell it on them. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, that kind of thing. Some people literally need a blunt every day. Some people are walking around with blunts in their bags. And, yeah, I'm talking about females. Like, And I'm just like, Shh.
But I think everybody's body chemistry is different. Like I know like there are workers, like you say this lazy good food vibe. They are workers before they do all this construction work or daily labor. The first thing they do is smoke. They actually smoke the weed or whatever it is. And to them, it gives them energy, it gives them a lot. But that's actually different from when you watch the movies or whatever it is, where smoking is gives them lazy eye and they want to laugh. That's why I'm like, I feel like the weed is laced with something. Uh, some people do mix stuff in their weed. That's some people are not just smoking like straight up weed. And you know that sometimes you could trick your brain into thinking that, um, you know, something is making you high. Like there's actually like research on shit like that. How they give people like things that are to smoke that are actually not um let's let's use weed for instance do you get what i'm saying and then they smoke it and then they start acting like and then after they tell them do you know that you didn't smoke weed you actually smoked this yeah, that's so fine. sometimes you actually trick your brain into it's possible but i'm talking about this construction workers is weed that just is weed that they're smoking like, like you're sure it is weed 100 percent. like weed. you don't know that you're sure that they did not put anything else inside when they were as rolling far, it as, as far as i know it's weed they're smoking in morocco and they're going and they work like i said even in the if, like even in they say in nigerian psychiatric world about 20 percent or 30 percent people in the world are in there for smoking weed and going bunkers of it like i said i believe i don't know about it everybody's body chemistry is different there's some people they smoke weed and they're up all day and they can't sleep or whatever it is somebody you say you smoke it doesn't even get, doesn't even get you high somebody smokes it and they say they black out and all different kinds of stuff. So everybody's body chemistry is different. And even people that advocated that you know that different strands, as they say, the different levels of high, there's some that get you up, up, up. There's some that downers that get you down, 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 whatever it is. But I believe, I, I'm just guessing, everybody's body chemistry might be different, everybody might react differently because, like I said, it's kind of always you know, ironic to me or whatever it is where somebody, like you say, it mellows you out while somebody that's actually about to do construct on work they're smoking the same weed it smells the same anyway and they're going to go to hard labor from that and obviously my dad calls him moroccan he's like and his own belief is that when they smoke it they don't take instructions anymore and they can go crazy in the farm and that's why his own policy is that don't smoke that stuff on my farm if you're going to use it don't come don't come work here while you know i set up this in the world i think about making it legal but you know I don't think there's any convincing in the world you can do to like my parents to let them know that weed is cool or anything like that. I don't think you can talk them. You can talk them that. that I don't think weed is cool. I still wouldn't smoke like a blunt in public or whatever. Maybe because of the type of I wouldn't smoke a blunt in public here in Nigeria because well, situations of things in London. I'm sure if I smoked a blunt in public, I'd probably get arrested or something. But it would be mostly because maybe I'll get arrested, not because I feel like people would judge me. And sometimes you even pass places and you can literally smell it. Like I do a double take and I'm like, somebody's smoking weed here. Now, do I get the urge to actually smoke weed? No, I'm more of a very laid back recreation social smoker. And it's not even every time. Like you could probably pass me a blunt and I'd be like, no, I don't want it. You could pass me a blunt and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, you know. And I think it also depends on like the circle. But I feel like the perspective that weed people don't have sense is is very wrong have you guys heard the marley's speak they're actually very smart even madame rihanna the face of 420 every year she's you know celebrating 420 she's actually you know she's actually doing all right so like i feel like sometimes people kind of just 
um, say, okay, so if you smoke weed, you're a juvenile delinquent or you're daft or you have nothing going for you. Like I said, the guy that I used to roll with in um, uni who, who I watched and learned how to roll a blunt from, he finished uni with a first class. And this guy was legit smoking like weed every day. Now, I'm not saying that people who are still in uni should go and smoke weed every day so they can get a first class. I'm just saying it's kind of it's kind of ironic how you grow up thinking that like weed will fry your brains. But then sometimes there are some people who are doing very well. You know, there's people who are off the chain at the top of their game, you know. So even some corporates high up there in the in the kpmgs of the world and the pwc are smoking weed behind closed doors in their nice fancy offices and everything so so yeah so the funny stuff is like i think with the weed stuff everybody is kind of used to creatives smoking weed musicians artists all around the world is common that's why it doesn't matter how intelligent bob Marley is there's only that mystique out there that most creatives smoke weed. Even when you talk to a lot of all these people, they say it helps their creativity. So a lot of time, nobody blinks an eye. And obviously, when it comes to Nigeria, at least it started with Fela. He, like, you know, that was Fela's thing. It was weed and everything. And nobody disturbed him, even though weed was illegal. I think um, I've read a book by Fela. He definitely used to smoke more than weed, but carry on. So he used to smoke weed, whatever, he, whatever other drug cocktails he mixed, fine. But he was a symbol of smoking weed. And even till today, the new shrine is still a place where people go to buy to buy weed, weed in Nigeria. So my point is that people are used to creative smoking weed. All them whiskey. There was a video the other day of Bonner Boy openly smoking weed on the on the street, whatever it is. So people are used to creative smoking weed. It doesn't really face people. People say those are those ones. Those are the crazy ones. That's what they need to do their thing. But what is kind of new to me and you know what i see more is professionals smoking weed you know i see people are engineers working for oil firms and people that you know back in the day if you're smoking weed you're an unresponsible person you're not you'll not become anything in life that's what's gonna fry your brain but today i'm seeing people who are like managers engineers working in for top firms people like in all means and measures they are doing well people say they are smart they have good jobs whatever it is and they're smoking weed like the rest of it so it kind of debunks that whole theory about irresponsible smoking weed and it's just so commonplace and it's just not this the idea of is this people that have no future or have no life that are smoking the weed so it's just a whole different thing going on at least from what i'm observing i feel like in, over in lagos i feel like over time things have changed um a lot of things that used to be seen as taboos are definitely not um they're not that scary anymore i remember like my dad once said that he remembers how he could never respect anyone with dreadlocks well except for bob barley because yeah we all loved his music so my dad was the kind of person who if you came to a meeting with him in a t-shirt and jeans or something he would not take you seriously which is kind of funny because like people like mark zuckerberg that's their uniform t-shirt and jeans if you send him out of your office because of that you know you're lost so i think one time my dad had to attend a meeting and the guy that it was a board meeting so it wasn't just him and the guy who came in who was meant to I think meant to put down the money and it was a shitload of money too. Came in dreads, was wearing a t-shirt and he was wearing shorts. So he sat down and my dad had written him off. And then the guy opened his mouth and my dad is like, what? 
And my dad is a sucker for intelligent people. Like, you cannot be daft around my father. Like, my dad is kind of a person that if you speak bad English around him, he will correct you. But that does not stand for, you know, my dad is very, um, he's an intellectual type of person. And so, for my dad to hear this guy talking, giving him numbers, you know, referencing to books that my dad held in high esteem. I think like ever since that time, my dad's world, like my dad just kind of, his perspective kind of changed, you know, so he's not quick to judge people anymore. Like, not that my dad still won't call you a delinquent if you're looking like a delinquent, but he's much more aware that you might be smart or that you might have, um, judge book by you know, something in your brain. So he's, he kind of just changed. And I remember, um, after I finished my master's, I, I saw my friend. My friend has a rook piercing. Um, so a, a rook piercing is an inner ear person and piercing. It actually can't be seen except you're like standing really close to that person. So I thought I'll get a rook piercing. I'm probably going to get away with it because my parents are probably, I mean, my parents don't look into my ear. How are they going to see it? So, you know, and I did get away with it. I really liked her piercing. So I got it. Um, and I did get away with it for a while. So... I remember one time my dad came to visit and I remember I used to take care to stand on the other side where my piercing was so that he would, even if he had to look at me, he'd be looking at the good ear in quotes. So one time I forgot and I was standing beside him with the pierced ear. And like my dad saw it and he knows me. He knows I'm a smart kid. So of course he wasn't going to call me like a delinquent child. Like he knew like, I was his daughter for God. I, I am his daughter for God's sakes. So, you know, I feel like that was also another thing that helped him to kind of also, um, you know, break down these walls. So all my dad said was, thank God it's not an obvious person. Because my dad is a very, you have to think about how you look when you go into meetings, especially if you're going to be in a corporate world, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, my mom, I don't think my mom has still forgiven me for this piercing because for a while she kept going on and on about won't you remove this piercing, won't you remove that piercing. But it's funny because with a piercing like this, I remember when I first started going to church here and everybody used to look at it. But now I see a lot more girls in church who have like three piercings, four piercings. In fact, the, the one that recently caught my eye was a Dickness's daughter. You know, she just moved back from England too, and she had like all these piercings. You know what the people say and, about it, uh, preachers, preachers' children. So, and, okay, so yeah, I know what people say, but because I have a person, I'm not going to say that someone who has a person is bad. So, she having like three piercings. I'm, I'm just trying to say, using thinking about the stereotype, she actually fitting the stereotype of a preacher's kid versus the opposite saying, expecting the preacher's kid to be a person of virtue. So I saw this dictator's daughter, she had a piercing too, and it was kind of like I had a a friend too, you know, who had a piercing. And I remember like there were a couple of young people like me who used to say, don't you want to take your person out? I'm just scared of how people will look at you. But you know what? With my plenty piercings, I've managed to do quite a bit in church and everybody has managed to close their eyes and mind their business about my piercing. And it's funny, my piercing is actually something that my bosses like. And I'm in the corporate world, you know, most of the time. So I feel like slowly and surely things are actually, I actually know a girl in my office who has a tattoo, you know, so slowly things kind of of course you have the typical people in my office like typical traditionalists who are still very this is your piercing or this is your tattoo or whatever there are things like like you mentioned tattoo now growing up i don't remember anybody with tattoo like 
you know, if 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 you had a tattoo, you you must have somehow escaped hell and reached Nigeria. It just wasn't seen. But today, you know, I turn left, I turn right, and everybody has a tattoo. Although to be pro the problem is that a lot of them are real bad tattoos. At least the ones I see, very few people have good tattoos. I guess we have nice tattoo parlors with experts doing their thing. But everywhere I look, now everybody has a tattoo. And before it was like, you see somebody with a tattoo, that's a bad person immediately. But now everybody has a tattoo. It's everywhere. At least in Lagos, anyway. I'm not sure what the rest of the country looks like. But at least in Lagos, everybody has a tattoo. It's not such a big deal. Before, even people that tattoo, they try to cover it up. Now I see people, you know, they're actually wearing sleeveless so they can show up their tattoos and stuff. So it's a whole different um, world. Of, if it's even what's that DJ that has half of his face, um, half of his face tattooed with like the Michael Jackson. DJ Sauce. DJ Sauce. But he's had his forever, like since I was, as from as far back as I can remember, his half of his face has always been covered up. Yeah, so to me that's still the extreme or whatever. Like as I said, women do our same things and moving forward, but even anywhere in the world doesn't mean you get a teardrop tattoo on your face or whatever it is. But I'm just trying to say that, you know, things have really changed where it was virtually impossible to see. Now everybody has one, you know, I go to church, I see people with tattoos, they're not hiding it. Hell, like, even my right auntie there. has it but anyway, let me not use my family because on my dad's side of the family we're kinda of liberal. I mean I remember when I was young and my auntie had cut her hair into like a mohawk so when it was time for me to cut my hair and i got a mohawk i, I don't think it was very surprising to my parents because they're just like you know like her auntie and i remember my auntie dyed her hair red too you know but she's very like funky she was always she was also one of those school abroad type of aunties and everything so i feel like it also depends like sometimes parents make excuses for like anyway she grew up in whatever and it's like when we went for this food shack event with fomo I remember I saw a kid with like dreads and I was telling Sos and I'm like, you know what, if that was my mother's son, she, as as um, liberal as she's trying to become with her kids and what they do and what they do, I'm like, I'm sure she'd still freak out because this boy had like dreads and then the back and sides of his head was shaved. And it's kind of, if anyone had that like 10, 12 years ago, the parents would freak out. They probably like disown you or something. But now, even in church, you see people with dreads and everything. Yeah, and they're part of choir. And yeah, like exactly. Although I know one reason why the church is trying to be open to people like that is so that they don't chase them away, because they're like at the end of the day, by the time you chase them away from church, you know, and they end up because church is meant to love everyone. I remember, like my pastor said that the Bible says, "Come as you are." It does not say pretend and come as you want people to take you. So I feel like churches are just trying to, you know, um, embrace people so that it's not as if they chase them away. For for example, I had Whiskey used to come to my church. And back then was when, like, you know, everyone thought, all oh, these dreaded boys, all oh, this whatever. So they chased him out. I think he was in choir to self and they chased him away. I'm not saying that Whiskey would have been a gospel singer if they didn't chase him out. But I'm saying, I feel like that's why churches now are trying to be more... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm grasping I'm, people closer. I'm, I'm, yeah, which is good. I'm just, and it's just a change in philosophy of then versus now. Like those people always existed, but before the church shunned them. But there are growing so many of those people in society that the church, at least a lot of them, are now taking a different view. Rather than shunning them, they're now embracing the part of come as you are. Before the commerce you had thing wasn't so strong was you know don't come here that kind of thing go and cut your hair before you come here after the first they are preferred to cut your hair whatever it is so is that change in what 
at least I saw when I was younger, but what I'm seeing now is what is still, so, at least to me anyway, like me, I, I, there's no way I could have, I, I remember, I think there's only once or twice a tattoo crossed, crossed my head, but when I thought about my parents, what they would think, all the preaching in church about tattoo and going to hell, it, it, it quickly evaporated from my head because I've been pounded so hard that a tattoo is a sin. And if you get a tattoo, you're going to hell. And then obviously, it pounds your head that by the time you get old enough, it's so out of your radar that you don't even want to um, even want to go there anymore. I was told that persons were for prostitutes, but I still got one because I thought, well, I'm not a prostitute and I still want the piercing. So, you know, screw everyone who looks at me that way. And yeah, I don't think anyone who sees my weird ass rook piercing thinks that I'm a prostitute. I feel like it was just... It was a perception that was passed from one generation to another and it was also a uh, what's this word called um appropriation no like how you say black people are always late so maybe because one time it was a stereotype maybe because one time there was a woman who used to walk around half naked and she had piercings and she was always sleeping with everybody's husband then you know it now became a thing about and she that's how this one you know that's how all these things but let's not get it twisted because we're saying it's commonplace doesn't mean that the world we still live in, you're still judged by your looks. You know, a, a book is still judged by the cover. So you still have to be careful about it, right? There's some people that will not give you a chance to open that book and see what's in it. I will not give you a chance to open your mouth and prove your intelligence to them. So let's not get it twisted and say it's all good and good. Everybody is no longer judgmental or whatever it is. Definitely, uh, but so I feel like because people have lost out on opportunities because they have managed to judge people by their looks. People are more careful before they full out judge people. Yeah, I'm That's saying, what I'm saying because like, you know, unfortunately in today's world where like, business is no longer just a nine to five do you get what i'm saying there are people who invest in businesses who do not look like the regular investor types they might not even have like i'm even saying they might not even have tattoos it might just be that they don't dress in suits and whatever i'm just saying that so as we are working poetically about it let's not i don't agree the impression that that's the way it is this is still just as i said i don't even know what's happening in the rest of the country i'm just talking about lagos so let's not get it twisted that you're going to go into your interview with uh, dreadlocks and uh, a goat teeth and um half of, half of your face tattooed and say that this is a new world order they're going to judge me by what i speak no a lot of people are still judged you're still going to be just a lot of people are still judged by um by your outside now i had a professor who, who, who once said look if you're Einstein and you're the smartest guy in the world, you're irreplaceable, you know everything, you like do whatever you want, you wear that your t-shirt or whatever it is and go to that interview or whatever it is you want to do, like fine, that's good. He was like, if you're like the rest of us, where you know your shit, good, but if they lose you, they can find somebody else and, and get somebody else to do what you do, you better go wear that suit and you better confirm whatever it is. So in, so in a way, you're just trying to create that balance there. Yes, it's true. You can be eccentric and do whatever you want to do. But also know that to be eccentric like that also, you have to need something that buys into it, right? The person that's a genius in the office can do dress crazy and people say, oh, that's Frank. You that are just middling of the road, you can't just do, oh, that's, that's Frank and people accept your quirks.
But yeah, so um, unfortunately, I don't know where people buy weed from, so I can't advise you on where to buy your shit. Although, you know what's funny? I know some salon ladies who actually buy weed because they use it in like hair products, even in Nigeria here. I know of a girl who's, um, whose hair products contain weed. But like the salon ladies usually tell you if you want like hair products that you want us to blend weed into because apparently it makes your hair stronger like protein they'll say don't go and buy it yourself we'll let us know so we'll do it for you i was meaning I was, that I, when i was younger i was growing i was growing an afro and my aunt that, that worked in the salon got me a concussion made with weed grinded some other stuff like weed and everything grinded everything and i was using it for my hair and you had weed in it because i went to grow an afro and obviously people say weed promotes hair growth people in the salon they, they definitely have access to it and they mix lots of stuff for you to use so i was gonna say that there's probably a larger access of weed you know around and like people actually know where to get it from i don't want to know where to get it from i'm not interested in where to get it from because quite frankly i don't care but um if, me that if you ask around or just go to Felastra and you know me that I don't smoke weed that in Lagos there are plenty of places you can get weed from. I said any venture, I go to any club coming out from the club with somebody selling weed there. Um almost all the beaches. And that's and the, the problem. The, that's why I'm like people smoke stuff that are not just pure weed, that are laced with stuff. You cannot just buy weed from anyone or when you're just coming out of the club. That's why people have their suppliers. So if you buy weed from somebody as you're coming out of the club and the person has mixed something else and then something goes crazy with you, you'll not be saying but it's just weed that is smoked. Please. I don't I'm not saying like go and smoke weed, but don't just be buying weed from anybody or anywhere. Weed. That's just ridiculous. Anyway, to you find a supplier or whatever that means. There are places like in Lagos where I know people like buy us for shrines, one of those places. I said a lot of times going to clubs, people sell weed outside of it. I said beaches are like in big places, especially like Elegushi Beach and some other beaches. I know before in Lekki Phase 1, the, um, the Lekki Waterside, they used to sell weed like they openly and everything. I think um, like December last year or so, Amber they cleaned up that place, so I don't think they sell weed there um anymore but that's somewhere that people but we just know how to find in nigeria i would say even in the i think in the whole of west africa i think we're like number four in uh, the country for 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 weed so weed isn't something that's so difficult to find as i said what's even surprise like when i was in the u.s i never saw crack or cocaine but nigeria is the place where i truly saw crack and cocaine so it's to me it's not just weed that's actually infiltrating the place now. People are actually on crack. Let me tell you about this girl. Maybe I should. I met her in Philly and her name was Brown. See, we be making love constantly. That's why my eyes are a shade. Blood burgundy. The way that we kiss is unlike any other way that I be kissing. When I'm kissing, what I'm missing, won't you listen? Brown sugar bag. I guess high up your love, I don't know how to be. One of surprised me is the codeine. Like people actually like making scissor pair with the codeine and um, Sprite and stuff like that. And I was like, huh? I thought it was just a music video thing, but obviously there was this picture on Twitter with somebody with empty bottles of codeine and it's like, you know, we're having a party uh, this weekend. I've never seen crack. I've never seen people doing codeine. I've never been to a party where they were serving scissors up. Or maybe I just didn't know that they were. But crack, don't do crack. 
don't do coke, whatever it is. So you've not seen the scissor academic in Lagos, people doing it. You don't I recently saw, I've heard of it. I'm saying I have never seen it with my two eyes. Watching it on video is different. Like how I've seen weed and have held a blunt. I've never actually seen crack. I know there's a crack epidemic and I know that um, pastor, Dr. Tony Rappu did like a, a documentary kind of thing where he's trying to help people get off crack, especially small kids. You know, there was this video where like there were kids literally threatening to kill each other if like somebody did not share the coke or whatever. And you can actually see like, apart from the kids, you can see people injecting themselves and everything. Like it was crazy and they have it down. Like, you know how in the movies you'd see them like hitting up the spoon or whatever. So yeah, I've definitely seen the videos, but I've never actually come face to face with coke or I don't know anyone who does coke or maybe I do and they haven't told me that. I think in, I coke. think in Nigeria there's an opioid epidemic about to start because I think at least from what I'm seeing, people are doing popping Xanax and Percocet and all that kind of stuff. It's like it's actually going on in Nigeria. So you would think it it isn't, but I think weed is now like cigarettes. And people are now stepping up for like the new high, which is all them scissor and percocets and Xanax and stuff like that. Don't do coke, guys. I have seen before and after pictures of people who do coke. Like, don't. Don't try it. It will fuck up your life. It will ruin you. It would kill you. And I don't even know that we have rehab in Nigeria for like, that will help you get through it. So don't even try it. Like, don't even. There are some things that you shouldn't just touch. And coke is definitely one of them. Like, I don't think that's really big nowadays that I've seen everywhere. It's just hookah thing. Like, I'm not even sure what hookah is. If, if hookah is, like, somebody explained to me as water, water smoke or whatever it is. And some people say it's, like, tobacco smoke. I don't know. So, at least from the little research I've done on it, people say it's even worse than smoking cigarettes. That's, uh, like, an hour of hookah is, like, a, it's, like, um... 400 packs of cigarettes or something like that um for those who might not know it as hookah it's also called shisha shisha is smoking flavored tobacco um flavored tobacco or fruit tobacco some people add weed to it so that they can get high but shisha on its own doesn't get you high it's just like so you tell them you want like orange or pineapple or you mix it but it's pretty much like how you have flavored water that's pretty much what it is but if it's tobacco then it's like cigarette then yeah pretty much like cigarettes so how come so, so how come is that spread so much like almost there's almost no club or restaurant even though outdoor bar that does not do shisha in nigeria now and nobody really looks i think people that i think smoking shisha is actually more acceptable than smoking cigarettes yeah, I think it's because people just feel like it looks cool. You know, it's put in a bong or a tube or whatever, and you smoke it out of a pipe. So it's this whole Arabian culture type of thing. Um, and unfortunately, people don't know that hookah is could actually be worse than smoking cigarettes. Yeah, like, so some people are steady, like, smoking it regularly, as opposed to maybe smoking it like recreationally or once in a while or whatever. Yeah, so. like when I did research, I had no cl- a clue was tobacco in it. I thought for one people to me, I thought it was like a water, a water, a water type thing. Although there are also the um, what do you call it, the electrical ones. I think those ones are actually safer. I remember like my friend used to sell them, so they look like all these little pipes, so you can have it in your bag. And maybe it has like a hundred puffs in it or something. Those are like vapors, right? I don't know what they call them. Yeah, it's almost that one because the people are trying to make um, shisha safer now. 
So is that shisha? You I thought know, that was like a... No, it's shisha. It's called... Um, I thought it was like a replacement for cigarette smokers or something. No, there's one for shisha. My friend used to sell one like about two years ago. And it was also big at Mega Plaza when they used to have their rooftop parties. It was one of the things they used to sell, the electrical shisha or whatever. So, um, but yeah, I know that people are looking for like healthier ways to for shisha. So maybe not like grinding um, tobacco or whatnot, but... It's just one of those things. Some people find it disgusting. Some people don't. I guess if you're into it, you're into it. Yeah, yeah I'm just surprised about the proliferation. I guess Lagos is a whole different place. You know, shisha, tattoos, piercings. Um, The first time I came across shisha was definitely not in Lagos, though. It was in London. Because in um on Edgware Road, Edgware Road is like the Arabian community. So there are a lot of shisha... Um, there are a lot of restaurants that you go to right. and you smoke shisha. So, and I used to go to Edra Road a lot. So, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't, my first time was in, in Nigeria. I mean, learning about it. Okay. I guess it makes sense with a lot of Lebanese owned businesses and stuff like that, mm. that it eventually be introduced in the Nigerian market. At least when I was in the US, hookah, it's more called hookah over there. Hookah is not, wasn't, it's not really as popular as it is it seems to be in nigeria and from what you're saying in the uk which makes sense because of i guess the arabian population that's in places yeah, like so the whole persian, persian thing persian, yeah. yeah so like lebanese like you said so it's all all of that and obviously if they own all these like restaurants you know they introduce it and shisha is seen more for like parties or get-togethers it seems it's seen as more acceptable as opposed to smoking cigarettes maybe it's because people think that the smell of cigarettes is foul so that could also be another thing. But I know that there are the, sometimes, I know, not sometimes, I know people are working on how to make shisha safer. If it will actually happen, I don't know. I remember, like, my dad was a smoker, but he never really smoked in public. And it was always a habit he was always, he always been trying to get rid of. So it's not like he ever smoked in front of us or whatever. It's just every once in a while, when maybe he's closed, you find like a pocket of... Mm. Um, of something and some yeah you think has kicked the habit a long time ago but so i guess i i guess i say i don't have an addictive personality because i guess i tried smoking once and i just it just didn't make any sense to me like this made like it did nothing it did nothing for me i could try it several times but it's like this is not for me it just it does nothing for me actually one funny time was i remember i was outside i think after secondary school i was like at some place and i tried it and I was trying it, I got like one heavy slap on my face. I'm like, what the fuck? I look, you know how I just, it don't, I guess it doesn't happen anymore then, but then people parent, other people's children. So this man was like, how can you smoke at your age? Your parents know this. And this was hot slap. This was not like um, my mind type um, slap there. But like I said, none of this stuff just got to me. That's why I said everybody's, I think there's, there's um, people's chemistry is different. There's some people that have addictive personalities. So if you take weed once and you might be addicted and smoke every day, while there are people like who say it's just their recreational or social, if they don't see, they don't crave it. Why doesn't people, they smoke it and they just turn into something else. People smoke it, does nothing to them. So I think everybody's body chemistry is different. If you have an addictive personality, I think you probably should stick away from any kind of stuff. Yeah, so if you guys have smoked weed, let us know, like, what did you think? Did it make you go crazy? Were you high? Or did you have a feel-good moment like I do usually? 
What do you guys think about tattoos and piercings? Do you guys think that people who smoke weed or all these other shit, do you think they're like horrible people or do you think it's just one of those things that the world just has to deal with? Let us know. And you know, let us let us just tell us what your take is on it. You know, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to hear the different perspectives. So if you're not following us yet, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's Good Bad Gang Everywhere subscribe on itunes you can also listen on soundcloud and make sure you drop us a comment or two and let us know what you think kids don't do drugs smoke weed every day Uh,